Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show this week with Dr. Brian Forrest. And Dr. Forrest, you have a special guest you'll be introducing soon. We, of course, would like to acknowledge the companies that support our program as well. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. If people want more information about today's show or they want to find out information about your practice, where can they find it? If listeners want to send general, non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Uh, make sure you include that so we can thank you for the questions you send us. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can call 919-363-0190. This week on Access Health Radio, we're pleased again to have audio prostologist Victoria Bratan back again from Down East Hearing Care Associates. And Victoria, what will you be discussing today? We're going to talk about hearing awareness and ringing in the ears, which most people call it tinnitus when it's actually tinnitus. Spelled the same way. Spelled the same way. Yes. Well, Victoria, you know, a lot of uh, high-profile people have had this, and it can be maddening. Yes, it can, sir. It can. I've had patients come in and say, look, ma'am, this is this is so loud in my head. Is there any way you can just cut my ear off or cut my nerve off? I don't want to hear this way anymore. You know, and that's really scary when someone comes to your office and tells you they're at that level. Um, but we do have some ways of treating uh, ringing in the ears, but there is actually no cure for ringing in the ears. So we can either go in and try to duplicate the sound and the mask around that sound that's going on in the head. So, you know, you're changing one sound for another. And most people actually like that. They, they like that type of therapy. Um, but if it's an actual ringing in the ear from noise-induced loss, a lot of times uh, we can stimulate the hair cell that's actually damaged, that's sending the signal to the brain saying, hey, there's some ringing going on here. Uh, it's just the hair cell misfiring to the brain. Mm. So if we can put the sound pressure through it, make it stimulate, make it stand up like it's supposed to, a lot of times it'll go away while the person's wearing amplification. Yeah, I mean, actor uh, William Shatner uh, yes, has this. It's, so it is a constant annoyance. It, does it ever increase in volume and decrease? or It depends on the individual. Um, if it's chemical-related, um, then the person may see some differences, like when they take the blood pressure medication, they may notice that it gets worse, uh, which is not good. If they're drinking caffeine, it can get worse. That's not good. Um, if it's stress-related, it can be just in the neck area, the jawline area. If the person stretches their muscles, eventually the, the ringing will go away. Mm. Um, but if it is a true chemical issue, um, then you really need to look at what medications are you taking that's actually causing the, the problem for that individual. Is it very mysterious? Do they know how it, how it starts? Are there any Some early do. symptoms? Some people do. Um, they'll start noticing light ringing at first, and then it'll go away, and then it continues to come back, and then in, before they know it, it's, it's continuous. It's, it never goes away from that point. Um, most people that have ringing in the ear, it happens very suddenly, and most time it is trauma to the ear. 
when there is a, a case of tinnitus or tinnitus is mm-hmm. what was the proper way of saying it. But most people will say tinnitus, so yeah. I just want to so, make sure that they understand there's so a difference. Some kind of a head injury, is that what I'm yes, hearing? Yes, or a head injury could be one. Other could be shooting guns without uh, protection in your ears or working with machinery without protection in your ears. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Loud music? Yes, sir. It can cause trauma to the ears. Um, but there's different types of ringing that goes on in the head. Sometimes you may have a shh sound in the head, which is tinnitus also, Mm -hmm. but that could be middle ear related, or it could be the bones fixated in the oval uh, window of the inner ear, which can cause a problem for a person also. Hmm. So they might need a stachypodectomy, which is surgery. So it all depends on what type of ringing they have, depends on what type of process we would do to try to help that individual. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, myself, I don't do surgery. Um, and I don't do any diagnosis on that. If there is an issue and I see that there's a problem that's going to be medical, then I'm definitely going to refer that person to someone that I think that can treat them. Is there any uh, hereditary uh, traits with this? Uh, you can if you have Meniere's. Meniere's can be something that can be passed on to through the family. Uh, Meniere's, your hearing will actually fluctuate from moment to moment. Uh, a lot of times you have vertigo with it, uh, nauseated, vomiting, uh, room spinning kind of sensations. Um, with that happening, you're definitely going to get ringing with it too. Most of the time that is a sign of Meniere's. Mm-hmm. This time of year, right before the pollen comes, a lot of folks uh, experience their sinuses get get filled up. Do you get a lot of uh, false readings as far as that's hearing loss? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, the sinus cavity itself, as it fills, it can uh, fill into the middle ear as well. And if you have any fluid in the middle ear, it can cause a temporary hearing impairment. So we do try to advise with the patient, are you having middle ear issues? Have you mm-hmm. had a sinus infection lately? Have you had the flu? Have you had a head cold? Um, do you have allergies? So we try to do a complete history for this individual. And we find if it's a routine incident, it continues over and over again, then we're going to refer them to the doctor we feel that would better suit that individual. Okay, coming up, uh, we want to talk about uh, medications. Uh, A lot of you out there have medications, and you're wondering, could that be affecting your hearing? It can, and we're going to get into that. We're with Victoria Bertan, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care at 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale, 1356 Beverly Plaza in Rocky Mount, their other location on the web at downeyshearingcare.com. This is Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF. And we're back here at Access Health Radio, and the third week of every month, uh, you can count on hearing Victoria Bertan, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates, update us about hearing, and there's uh, a lot of things we really don't know, and and one thing that uh, I was not personally aware of is how medications can affect hearing. So let's talk about that. Well, I mean, if you have a person who has taken chemotherapy, It can cause problems with the balance system for the person's inner ear, which can also cause a hearing impairment. Uh, If the person's taking blood pressure medication and they're prescribed too strong, those milligrams too high, it can actually shift the person's hearing, Uh, but it can also cause cause the ringing also. 
So we tried to advise with the patients is as you come through, please bring a list of the medications that you take on a daily basis and any medication you may have changed in the past six months so that we can actually look it over and see if there's a possibility if the, any of those medications could be causing a side effect, which one of those would be dizziness, hearing impairment, and ringing of the ears. And if so, then we send a full report over to their family physician so that they can look at those medications and see what's best for that individual. On your website uh, at uh, downyshearingcare.com, uh, you also list uh, toxic medications. Uh, sure what do. are those? Yes, sir. So if you go to the downyshearingcare.com, you'll be able to see on that page about the toxic medications. And I list quite a few there about blood pressure and also about antidepressant medications and chemo type of medications that could also cause problems. Um, but you take, a lot of people take aspirin every day. Um, a full-blown aspirin can cause ringing in the ear. Really? But you can take an 81 milligram every day and it not be an issue. You can actually take up to two of those a day and not be an issue. But if you take a full-blown aspirin, um, that's going to be an issue over a period of time. So that could register as a false positive in some of your hearing tests, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Um, Pepmobismo can also shift the hearing. Any diuretic can also shift the, shift the hearing, but also put off the balance system. Um, everything's connected there. So you want to make sure that if you're taking medication, that these aren't some of the side effects that you're going to have. Well, you're big on maintenance. Uh, Why is that? Because if we can look at patients and say, look, you need to be aware that this is happening and this could cause a problem for you, then they don't end up in our other department as far as fitting hearing instruments. You know, um, my mother and my father are both hearing impaired. I've dealt with the hearing impaired all my life. You know, and if you can prevent it, then you want to you want to look at those those situations and say, okay, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to do this and make it better. Mm-hmm. So we do try to advise patients um, awareness about noise-induced hearing losses, uh, their work environment, tools that they may be using on a regular basis. Um, and then if they do have a hearing impairment, how can we help correct that? How can we make it better for that individual? individual and get them back into their lifestyle because most people that are hearing impaired they will start withdrawing they'll start pulling away from the crowds they'll start pulling away from the family gatherings they'll start pulling away from going out and meeting with people because they're afraid that they may be embarrassed they may repeat something that wasn't actually said or they hadn't heard something correctly so they tend to start pulling back so what i like to do is get people back into living again and look at their lifestyle and say what can we do to get you back where you want to be Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of uh, musicians. I know uh, uh, music is very important to your life, mm-hmm. but uh, people like uh, Peter Townsend, uh, he has hearing loss. Pat Benatar, she has hearing loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie Berry has hearing loss. Really? Mm-hmm. Luke Farino has a hearing loss. Uh, President Reagan had a hearing loss. Bill Clinton has a hearing loss. Um, there's a lot of famous people out there that are hearing impaired. You don't even know that they're hearing impaired. Amazing. Um, they don't make it known that they're hearing impaired. Uh-huh. Uh, and the way that hearing instruments are now, they're not hearing aids anymore. They're actually little c- tiny computers, and they're actually invisible. So people don't even know that you're even wearing a product. So unless somebody says, hey, I have a hearing impairment, when they're wearing hearing aids, a lot of times you won't notice it. Uh, let's talk about the, the invisibility of these. Uh, that can be very attractive for some people that are, are leery about something sticking out of their ear. Oh, you yes, you don't see anything? I think, that's, yeah, I think that's one of the number one draws is um, patients, when they come in, it, it depends on the individual. 
women, most of the time, they don't care. They don't care if someone sees an instrument in their ear. A man is like, mm, I don't want it sticking out of my ear. I don't want somebody knowing that I have a hearing impairment. I don't know if it's an ego thing or a lot of men are that way. Um, but women are more susceptible. They're like, okay, I don't care if it's as big as a house. As long as I'm able to hear and understand better, that's what I'm looking for. But you are finding a lot um, of the younger generation. You're looking from about 35 up to about 59. They want the invisible hearing instruments. They want the smaller hearing aids. They don't want people to know that they actually have a hearing impairment. Um, and a lot of our products now are controlled through your cellular phone. You can go in and fine-tune your product, or we can actually get on the phone and reprogram your product right over the phone while you're talking to us. What? Yes. Really? The technology is amazing. That's yes, amazing. Sir. It's not mom-and-pop hearing aids anymore. Can you tell when uh, the charge is going down? Uh, is there any way of knowing that? We do have rechargeable hearing aids now, and we do have rechargeable batteries. Um, so it depends on the individual, what they want, what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of our instruments will indicate and tell you when your battery is going low or when it's time to change your battery. Mm -hmm. So you're not just stuck with the hearing instrument going dead on you because the battery is now out. But that um, could be bad. rechargeable hearing aids, most of the time, the battery life is good for 18 to 24 hours. Okay. Well, you are uh, getting educated, as I am, about uh, hearing and hearing loss and uh, the different wonderful uh, state-of-the-art uh, equipment that's available to you. Uh, Victoria Patan uh, is with us, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing Aid Urgent Care, thir uh, 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale and 1356 Avenue Plaza in Rocky Mount on the web at com. Uh, we'll have some further thoughts coming up next. Thank you for joining us. So once again, this is Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF. Back here again uh, in the remaining moments here with uh, Victoria Batan. And part of uh, your name is Hearing Aid Urgent Care. Explain exactly what that is. Well, we, or when I decided that I wanted to open my office 17 years ago, I didn't want to limit myself to just fitting hearing instruments uh, for patients. So we look at how can we help the patient if they already have a hearing instrument. Um, I'm not into pushing and pressuring people into buying new technology. If that's what they want, I'm happy to help them with it. But if they have hearing instruments already, I'd like to help them with what they have. So the hearing aid urgent care part of it um, allows the person to come in. Uh, they're not going to be pushed or pressured in any shape or form. Uh, we look at the technology of what they have, see if it can be repaired for that individual. If we can repair it on the site, we do it on site. If we need to send it off, we try to find the most reasonable facility that can handle that product and get the product taken care of in a timely manner at a low cost. Hmm. So Hearing Aid Urgent Care has been a very um, a nice department for us to help patients that are already wearing hearing instruments. So you have to tinker with them to make them more sensitive? Um, sometimes you do. Um, you'll find there's patients out there that are being fitted every three to four years, and you don't need to do that. Um, hearing instruments can stretch out to eight to ten years on a patient if their hearing moves at normally. Mm -hmm. If they're taking any to toxic medications or exposed to loud noise, it can shift their hearing even quicker. But 
but what you're looking at is technology that can go back and be reprogrammed and patients don't realize that they'll come in you know come into my office they've had their hearing aids for three years and they're like well, I think I need new hearing aids well why do you think you need new hearing aids because I'm not hearing as well, well then let's test your hearing and make sure that your hearing aid is still meeting your target if the hearing aid is not meeting the target and it could be programmed we're going to reprogram it for that patient and then it saves some money it saves some time they don't have to go back and get a brand new instrument but if the person's wanting a new instrument then we can look at those options for that person also and maybe use their old hearing aid as a trade-in very good very good uh, one last question for you something i've always kind of wondered um they talk about you know people are, are more prone to uh memory loss because we're living so long uh does the body just Sometimes just the hearing just kind of wears out at a certain age. Well, not everyone has a hearing impairment, um, but presbycusis, which is meaning age-related, can affect your hearing over a period of time. As you get older, it can start to deteriorate. Um, but most of the time, if you have a hearing impairment, it's something that you've done to yourself. Ah. You know, your noise exposure or either medication or it's hereditary. Uh, if you don't have any of those issues, most of the time you could, you could be up to 90 years of age and not have a hearing impairment. It's just once it starts, it continues. And that's what you want to do is slow that down as much as possible. It was just having those Walkmans, listening to those hair bands of the 80s. Yes, they, sir. Just and cranking us. them wide open. Yes, killed sir. Us. And then, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, it's showing, showing up on you. All right, Victoria, it's been a pleasure again. We'll see you in a few weeks. If you want to follow up with Victoria... You can do so at our office at uh, 1356 Bevenue Plaza in Rocky Mount or 3009 Village Park Drive in Nightdale. And, and give out your uh, email address if folks want, want to ask specific questions. Downeasthearing at yahoo.com. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Time now for your Access Health Radio Health Tip of the Week. Dr. Forrest. So the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services estimates that for American men and women over the age of 65, that 27 million people will need long-term care services by the year 2050. And that's a lot of people. That's roughly three times more than uh, need those services now. But uh, it's going to be doing nothing but growing uh, for the next, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years. Well, Dr. Forrest, wraps up uh, the show for today. You can find out more information about uh, Dr. Forrest's practice in Apex uh, by going to acchealth.com or call 919-363-0190. Well, again, I'd like to remind listeners as well that if they have questions after any of our shows, uh, if there's a detail they, they'd like addressed and they'd like to find out, uh, you know, it's hard to cover completely uh, some of the topics we do in just a half-hour show. So uh, if you've got follow-up questions, if there's things you'd like to know about, even if you have topic suggestions for the show you'd like to do, uh, make sure to send us an email at accesshealthradio at gmail.com, and we may even uh, answer your question on the air. So include your contact information because we like to say thanks for that. Um, it does conclude our show for the day, and our scripture today is from Revelation 3:15 through 16. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.